No, I listen to it all the time. I tell all my friends to smack it raw. podcast contains mature content the views and opinions expressed by the host are not necessarily those of the host listener discretion is advised ladies and gentlemen welcome to the smack and raw podcast episode 149 i am your host the warden mad ritter and i am here today with a guest host you guys know him from twitter benji man what's going on what's popping man what's good what's good so how do you pronounce your last name so i don't fuck it up so I purposely made it difficult and contrived for people that don't speak Spanish because I'm an asshole. But it's Benji Calavera. You can say Calavera, or you can just call me Benji. It's all good. Okay. Well, I was going to introduce you as Calavera Comedy, but I, like I said, I didn't want to say it all messed up. And then you did that whole Twitter, you know, uh, voice to uh, tweet thing, and I heard you say it, and I'm like, I don't even know if I can copy that shit. So I wasn't even going to try. Low-key, I just wanted to flex that I had the the, audio, the Twitter audio thing. That's all that was. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I heard some ladies thought you had a nice voice, so, you know. Hey, you know. It'll be good to have you on here. Um, Go ahead. We've been kicking off every show uh, doing uh, – We've de- we, I've dedicated the beginning of the show for uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, just, oh, hell yeah, man. As we've been doing, uh, just to kind of have a discussion, uh, we've been asking people – Please go out if you can protest, protest, or donate, or sign petitions. Whatever you can do. Why does my fucking wife is fucking with me? Sorry. Um, (laughs) Didn't even notice that. Whatever you can do, please go out and do your part. Just don't do nothing. Um, We want to be in support. We want equality. We want um, to stand alongside people of color who are struggling. And... I, I try and do my part as a, a white person with a platform to educate other white people who have misconceptions and other things as to uh, why this is important and kind of what's going on. But I know you were out in the protests. You were in the streets <laughs> protesting. Oh, oh, no, no, don't talk about that. The government's listening, man. Oh, believe me, if they're listening, if they're listening, they're listening on Pornhub. Um, and they're probably busy if they are. <laughs> I know you were out there though. Is there anything? No, I, go ahead, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, that's what I was gonna say. Is there anything from the protests or just on your mind from what's been going on that you want to talk about or just kind of? So, I went in in the beginning, and in the beginning, as you saw, there was a lot of agitators, a lot of people trying to loot and all that stuff, which was not part of the protest at all. Um, so when I allegedly was there, allegedly. Um, you know, things got a little wild. Uh, some cops may have, may may or may not have been dragged across the street. (laughs) I was just caught in the melee of that, which I have a, well, I had to have my tooth extracted because of that damage that I took. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. But see that as a main, 
um, people have been actually protesting the, you know, and, and getting their voice out there. And sure enough, things are, are changing. Whether they want to change things or not, things are changing. And, and they tried to, to spin this narrative that these protests were violent and that people were just out there destroying things. Sure, that shit, that shit did happen, not going to lie. But there's so much more than that. And, and it just, it's, it's really shitty that it took, it takes all this, it takes all these, all, literally every 50 state, all 50 states, all these countries protesting just to get some change, just, just to have some damn equality, man. It, it, it's, it's wild, man. Something that should have been done so long ago. And it, it's like I keep trying to tell the people listening who might not understand. This is not, um, this is not an attack on white people. This is not an attack on, uh, I, I saw this thing where uh, it was on, I think, Facebook, where somebody said, you know, why can we have black pride and Hispanic pride and Dominican pride and all these things, but it's not right to have white pride. And it said, listen, white pride white isn't a culture it isn't a thank you you can, i'm thank italian you. and dutch i can have italian pride there are italian pride parades you can have dutch pride All that is your heritage long. that can be celebrated there's nothing to be celebrated about just the color of your skin just being white there's no need for that and it's something that we need to understand they're not telling you you can't celebrate your heritage but you need to understand what your heritage is because that's what is being celebrated when they talk about black pride, when they talk about Hispanic pride. It's a heritage. It's a culture. There is no white heritage and white culture. It's Italian culture. It's Dutch culture. It's, you know, Scandinavian culture. It's culture from Europe and all over the place. You're a mix of a bunch of different things. Your skin color isn't your culture. It isn't your heritage. It's just what you look like, whether you have a tan or not. Like, don't get that mistaken. Um, tell Benji. Man, to you're, you're very much, you're, you're very much more well-spoken than, than I thought. Oh, thank you. I, I thought you'd been listening to our podcast. So uh, I won't <laughs> knock you for that. Uh, Vince said to take, either take your mask down or uh, make your mic a little louder. Talk a little closer to it. Cause uh, I guess your audio is a this little man, louder. It, God damn it. It took forever to fix this stupid gimmick. I'm not giving up on it. Let me see if I can turn you on. One second. Wait, Vince is listening though, motherfucker. Oh yeah, no, uh, we're live on Facebook, so. We're live on Facebook? Yes, we're live on Facebook. Uh, just in... What up, Facebook? Just in the Smack and Raw group. Oh, shit, okay. Uh, yeah, I do all our shows, or at least the shows without Travis live on Facebook, and then I record uh, through Damn. Zoom. I really should have been listening to your podcast. I agree, <laughs> I really do. I've been promoting the shit out of it. I mean, like I said... I've I've had Vince and RN on. They've been great. Um, and Kyle also from Smack Raw. I've had uh, the Get Your Podcast Boys on. They've been awesome. Shout out to Get Your. I appreciate all you guys coming out and helping me with my co-host being down. But uh, we're here to have some fun. Before we can do that, we got one more serious thing to talk about. Uh, it's basically all, all that's been on Twitter today as far as wrestling goes. There have been a lot of accusations and allegations. Ooh about a lot of wrestlers um so here's what i'm gonna say on the situation before please use discretion when reading these stories um the women 
make sure you're listening, make sure they're being heard, make sure, you know, if what they're saying is true, that they're, they're getting to use their voice and that uh, they're being heard because if what they're saying is true, if these stories are true, and so a lot of them are, um, you know, this is something terrible that's happened to them that needs to be addressed and uh, they need to be validated. Whereas also there are false accusations out there. Um, yes, we did have three straight weeks of Chicago representation on here, Vince. It's been pretty damn awesome. Uh, there's a lot of false accusations out there as well. So as you're reading this shit, 100% support these women, listen to their stories and what they have going on, but also wait until the men have been deemed guilty uh, proven guilty, I guess, would be before you go and you attack these men and women who have the accusations brought against them in case the accusations are false. Do not go out and just dogpile and immediately trash someone because you've read something and it didn't sound good. Some of this stuff has been proven to be fake. A lot of it has been proven to be real. So while we're, you can go out and you can support and you can listen and, you know, hear these women. Um, also, don't attack these women and say that they're making shit up when you don't know if they are or not. Please do not do that. Um, just use your discretion when listening to these stories and reading about them before you make a decision as to kind of what side you fall on, please. That, that's all I ask. You know, I don't want wrestlers who have done nothing being accused, losing their jobs and being attacked when they actually haven't done anything wrong. And I also don't want women who have been hurt, who have been abused, raped, all these things that, you know, we're hearing about discredited um because you think it's a fad or they're just looking for attention when that's not the case so please just use discretion in this case when uh we're hearing about this because we've got jim Cornette cuckold stories we've got yeah no bullshit like straight up ovw jim what? yeah th i read that jim Cornette had ovw wrestlers fucking his wife while he was watching <laughs> i'm sorry that's not funny at all <laughs> we've got Laguero coming out and admitting to some of the accusations against him, denying the rest. Okay, so Jack Gallagher has been released, um, I believe, due to allegations. Jimmy Havoc has been uh, put into a rehab facility for mental health after some of these allegations have come out. And that's the other thing that you got to be aware of is if you attack these people, whether the allegations are true or not, look at the Hannah Kimura situation. We don't know what their mental health situation is, and we don't want to drive someone to commit suicide or self-harm um, we do want these stories to be out there and we want people to, you know, be heard and help to be sought and, you know, justice to be done in these situations, but we don't want someone hurting themselves or killing themselves over what's going on. So yeah, that's all I really want to say is just please use discretion. Um, Benji, you got anything for that? Um, well, I just think, I don't think that the whole point of, of everybody, of people speaking out is to speak on what's happened to them. I mean, the whole point is not for them to speak out and then people just to dogpile on somebody because then you're drowning out their voices. You're drowning out what they what was so hard for them to express and you're just like dogpiling these people and, and making it more about an attack thing versus like, okay, this happened to this person. Let's, how about, I, will, I just always think it's more productive to like, okay, these people are trash people, but let, let's, let's change this shit. Why is this going on? Why is this happening? Why is it that... Because this, this is not just happening overnight. This has been happening for years. Oh, yeah. And it, that's the thing. Like, 
It's been happening for years. Everybody knows that. Everybody says it, but nobody, none of these other wrestlers spoke up about it. No one ever, because someone had to have known. You know, this shit just doesn't go by the wayside. You know, it's people speak in the locker rooms. You know it, but everyone was afraid to speak up and everything. And that's the thing. It's, it's so much focus on, on attacking people, but like, I think I think we should just focus on let these people speak, let them have their moment to speak out on their traumas, and not make it about yourself and like, oh, I want to feel good about myself, so I'm going to attack this person and just keep going. And then the person who's actually, you know, the the abuse survivor is just thrown to the side. As, 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 and I, I think that's people are missing the point on this whole thing. And if anything, it should open people's eyes to being like, okay, we need to change. Why are these things happening? Why is this such a, a culture of just oh it's the boys or it's that's how it's always been done or you have this just 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 how it is when you have to pay your dues and everything because this stuff doesn't just happen in wrestling this happens everywhere like in in the comedy world in in the workplace this shit happens everywhere all the time and it's just so it's to me it's everything's just so normalized you know what i mean it's just so like well that's just how things are or that's just just how it is and sometimes and in reading these stories, I think back to my own experiences and may like, okay, maybe like if you think about um, when you're trying to hit up, a, when you're trying to date someone or you're trying to talk to somebody, you, you think back to yourself, like, not that you want to question everything, but it's just like, man, maybe I was too like pushy or, or creepy or I, I wasn't, I was so self-absorbed that I didn't see what I was. The, oh, you were this, making this them comfort. feel. Yeah, the discomfort you're, that you were causing. You don't see that. You think like, oh, I just have to keep pursuing her and eventually she'll give in. Every, and that's the thing is people, it's like, you're old enough. You remember that stupid, uh, that skunk that would always, in Looney Tunes that would always chase Tubby that Pew. Yes, he was basically trying to rape her like every damn time. Like, this shit is just so normalized in, in everything, man. It's, it's just like, we don't, we don't realize that. And I think that's what... That's what we got to change. Just that that cultural just ingrainment in us. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. It's kind of like what I've been with the Black Lives Matter thing. What I've been trying to tell people, I think, is what you're getting at is what we need to do here is we need to realize that there is a problem, that the problem has been existing, and as opposed yes. to attacking one or two people here or there, we need to try and figure out where the root of the problem is and make a change for the better, so that it doesn't continue to happen. So great. So we make the world a better place. And like you said, I mean, I'm reading all the shit. I'm not going to lie. I sat back and I thought, I'm like, man, like, I know I've, I haven't done anything compared to a lot of the stories that I've read, but I know I've done some scumbag shit. Like, I have not always been a decent human being when it comes to dating girls. I, I've done some things that morally are questionable and I'm not proud of. I, I Again, I haven't Dude, gone to the extent no, that I've seen, not. but, you know. But it, we... Let's just be honest. As men, let's just be honest. As men, we've all been pieces of shit. That's you know, we've all done our our shitty things. You know, not to that extent, obviously, but yeah, you know, there's things where we could do better, obviously, of course. All right. Well, uh, let's get into the rest of the news and rumors. Uh, Edge came out of Extreme Rules with a torn tricep, uh, which we'll get into more when we talk about Raw. But he'll be out, okay. unfortunately. What's that? No, no, I oh. didn't know he. I did. I didn't know that he actually tore his tricep. That was after that match with uh, Orton. Yep, they actually showed like a picture of his arm cut open where you could see the muscle and shit. Damn. And uh, Chris Statlander's out with a knee injury. Ooh. 
and a WWE PC trainee tested positive for COVID at the June 9th tra- uh, recordings, which led to a big COVID scare. Everyone's now being tested. That was at those uh, recordings and some wrestlers I heard, I think Kevin Owens, some other wrestlers have chosen not to come back for recordings until some things have been addressed. So that was kind of a, uh, a big shot there for WWE. Um, let's get into what Damn, we're here so for. Th- they weren't testing this whole time. I, my understanding was they were, I don't know if they lapsed the testing a little bit because they thought, you know, with everything going on, like, COVID's kind of been put on the back burner with everything else that we've been talking about. People kind of forgot about it. Now it's spiking back it's up. It's a whole ass pandemic. How you mean? I'm going to lapse on testing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so normally what we do, uh, well, first off, normally Travis slides into Sasha's DMs and sends a panda gif. Um, and I play a little music, but Travis isn't here to do that. So we're going to move into it. You're calavera comedy so i'm expecting as we talk about raw and smackdown and nxt and AEW, for you to entertain us and make us laugh and we're just gonna have a good time and talk shit that's what we do here we'll cover everything but anything that we come across that you know you got a funny thought about or something else going on go ahead and let us know you know for sure for sure for sure let's get right into it. it man so where do you want to start, man? You want to start AEW? You want to start SmackDown, NXT, Raw? We're, we're, guide us through our journey tonight. You know, I'm a, I'm a little chaotic. Let's let's. I'm feeling I'm feeling AEW. Let's start with AEW. We will kick off AEW, and AEW. They kicked off with that fucking tag team match, and don't get me wrong, the tag team match wasn't bad. I there were a lot of people talking shit about Dustin Rhodes and how slow he looked. I fucking hate QT Marshall. I don't think you the point Thank of this you. motherfucker and the apple eating bullshit. I talk about it Bruh. every week. Fuck QT Marshall. Fuck them wasting alley on him. Fuck, fuck, fuck all them this shit. cheap ass hair plugs. He's got on. <laughs> yeah. Bro. I don't need to be seeing QT Marshall on the TV, man. I agree. And they've got a match against our tag team champions, Kenny Omega and Adam page. Obviously Omega and page get the win here. Allie comes out. This is going to lead to more story with QT Marshall and Allie that I don't fucking care about and I don't fucking need. Yo, low-key, low-key watching QT Marshall with Allie, it just reminds me of, like, King of Queens or, like, Adam Sandler, <laughs> where you got this, like, ugly-ass <laughs> dude and a hot-ass wife. Yeah, like, fucking, uh, almost kind of like Otis and Mandy, but I'd say Otis is more attractive than QT Marshall, and he's got way more personality. He's got the current dude. QT Marshall, let's come on, man. He's only there because he's friends with somebody. Come on. 100%. I, I, dude, I can't no. stand him. Uh, then we roll into this great promo package for Anna J, where uh, we kind of find out why her entrance attire is the top hat and the coat. Um, and, you know, her kind of being a show woman. She has a match against Abaddon. And, dude, Abaddon was fucking dope. Like, as a huge horror movie fan, I thought Dude, I was watching Evil sick. Dead. Like it, yes. she looked like a deadite from Evil Dead. Yes. Like, come to life, yes. coming down, wrestling. She hit that awesome fucking spike hurricane run on Anna Jay for the win. And Anna Jay's hot. I love Anna Jay, but Abaddon was my shit. Like I, when I go back and I watch this episode because I I re-listen to all my shit to you know critique myself. When I go back right, and watch right. it on Pornhub, I'm gonna take this moment to go see if there's any deadite <laughs> porn over on Pornhub. Because now I'm kind of curious. Dead-eyed porn. 
like what what they got in the horror genre, the parody horror genre for porn. Because oh, shit. interested. Um, what's interesting here is at the end, the Dark Order comes out. They hand a contract to Colt Cabana, Chicago's own Colt Cabana, who they have been courting, and they pick up Anna Jay and bring her to the back, which means we might be seeing a female inducted into the Dark Order, uh, which would be cool. I'm down for I'm it. I'm digging it, man. I'm digging. That's pretty cool. I don't know too much about the Sarah J or her her you know showman shit or whatever but this is a pretty interesting route that dark order is taking right here i think it is and i'm glad to see evil uno and uh grayson actually got to come back and be a part of the dude they they, they came in like some crackheads man um they were they were had that energy like non-stop throughout the whole damn match mm-hmm. um then we got Britt baker slipping tony notes on commentary talking about how she's in isolation even though she's right next to the booth and she hates Tony's tie. And even though I can't stand Britt Baker in ring, I don't think she's a great in ring wrestler. This character that she's created is entertaining. To be yeah, to be fair, she's she's getting better. She got injured at the worst time, but she was getting better. Okay, you gotta give her that. I yeah, I will. I just her and Penelope Ford, who we're gonna talk about, because apparently Penelope Ford gets a title shot. That pisses me off. Were definitely two of the weakest links in the women's division, and they were getting kind of the most exposure i guess because right penelope ford's hot and she's with chris sabian and Britt baker is really the face of the women's division she was the first signee so uh then we got billy gunn losing to mjf billy gunn is no selling mjf this entire match and it kind of <laughs> bugged me like i get it billy gunn is basically like the big show or the cane of AEW yeah. because yeah not that it bothers me but everyone in AEW is of average height they're five foot something and billy gun six what what's wrong six, with six. being five foot what, what, what is this heightism going on here nothing i said i don't have a problem with it it's just weird seeing billy k portrayed as like a cane when he's like the average height of stone cold steve austin or the rock yeah i can see that um mjf gets the win with the ring though um and then wardlow and luchasaurus go at it and they tell us we're gonna get wardlow versus luchasaurus next week and i am looking forward to that hoss fight I've been dying to yeah, see a dude. little bit of one-on-one with Luchasaurus just to see what the guy can do in the ring uh, without being part of a tag team. I want to see him go. So, Luchasaurus be deceptively agile, man. Yeah, no, and he's got the kicks. I, I, Travis loves him. Like, you give him a luchador dinosaur or any sort of dinosaur or dragon, Travis is behind that shit 100%. So, he actually... At the end of every show that we talk about, we do this thing where, like I do on Twitter, spit or swallow. Did you like the show? Didn't you like the show? Travis spits every single show for AEW like that doesn't have champion. a source on it. So, uh, We also have Britt Baker kind of running her mouth. She's on the back of the golf cart, and Big Swole shows up and kidnaps her. Yep. Uh, I really Come like on, seeing, boy. I love seeing Big Swole get some shine here and get some use. Um, Finally. Yeah. It took long enough. Y'all had to run dark every damn time. Uh, then we got Cody out here. He's kind of trashing the Nightmare family. <laughs> uh, Vince said you're sensitive about your shortness, and I need to be careful. <laughs> so uh, we won't talk about short people anymore. Uh, no, but Cody's out here. He's trashing the Nightmare family. He's like, they're supposed to be nightmare family, but where's everyone at? And, you know, I guess I'm part of the elite, but no one's got my back, blah, blah, blah. 
Arn tries to talk Cody out of his match with Hager, but Cody's not having it. And then we get Cody versus Ricky Starks. Now, I have not watched any NWA. I was not familiar with Ricky Starks. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? But it was Bruh. a damn good match, man. Like, I, I got to give it to him. He's formerly of the NWA. He was NWA television champion. It was a good match. Bruh, and he got Ricky, Ricky Starks got, got a charisma for days, man. That's, I mean, that's what I hear. And I, I saw it out here with the little promo package they put together for him. So I, it was cool. Like, it, this is a new talent that I haven't seen who's big outside of the two mainstream companies that they got to bring in and got to shine against, you know, arguably the top guy in AEW or the top babyface in Cody Rhodes. So, mm-hmm. dude, it was good shit. So Cody Rhodes has been doing some pretty good things with this uh, open challenge shit he's got going on here. I just wish they'd finish that fucking belt because it still looks like trash. <laughs> it still looks like I don't know what I hate more, his neck tattoo or that belt. Listen, I'll be honest. That neck tattoo kind of grew on me. No, no. So here's my thing. I've got tattoos. I'm I'm all tatted up, all over my arms, all horror movie tattoos. Like, I got nothing against tattoos. But when your only other tattoo is a chest tattoo, the neck is not the next place you go. Like, there's just no balance there. It's not aesthetically pleasing for the one chest tattoo and then the neck tattoo. Like, it just... It looks weird. It bothers me. And the title looks like shit. And it bothers me. I need them to finish that belt. And I need Cody to add a couple more tattoos just to balance some shit out. I see what you're saying. You think he's going to, like, connect the neck to, like, the chest. I, I get what you're saying. Something. Just even that shit out. I get it's, it. It's aesthetically not pleasing. Um, then we got Jimmy Havoc and Kip Saban. I'm, I'm not high on Kip Saban. He doesn't do it for me. I... I I've heard a lot about the guy. I know a lot of people like him. He just he, – he hasn't shown me anything. Jimmy Havoc, for me, who I guess we won't be seeing for a while because, like I said, he got checked in the rehab facility, is right. fucking fantastic until he takes his entrance attire off. Like, he looks like a bad motherfucker until he takes the mask <laughs> and the jacket off, and then he just looks like some drunk punk from the 90s that you'd see. Do you, you ever see – y'all ever see the movie The New Guy? Yeah. When he goes into the goth gear and he's all walking like exactly. fucking badass and shit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's that's what he looks like outside <laughs> of the fucking the entrance attire. Like, which um, I gotta say, they looked more cohesive once they got that that entrance theme and everything, and they got the tag team name and everything. It's things kind of seem to flow better. Unfortunately, it might be the end of that. But uh, they're losing to the Young Bucks here. None of that's important. What's important is for whatever reason. The Butcher and the Blade, who, again, uh, when they're not in ring, are dressed like characters from A Clockwork Orange, are ringside. They jump the barricade. Out here looking like the Mythbusters and shit. <laughs> yeah, just, I, I don't get it. Um, I don't get why they're a thing. Don't get me wrong. I understand that uh, the Blade, who is Ali's husband, was something outside of AEW, and I'm assuming the Butcher was too, but... These guys came in, they were supposed to be hired guns who were, you know, MJF's hired hitmen, but they didn't take right. anyone out. They've not won any matches that I can think of off the top of my head. They've had zero success. So I don't know why I'm supposed to see these guys as a threat to anyone because all they've done is lo- lose. Like they just lose all the time. You, you, you know, you might be right. I don't think they've won a single match. Yeah, you know, you come in, you're supposed to take out Cody Rhodes, you're supposed to, you know, take this bounty and all this shit, and you, you, know you fail to do that. 
What's up? They are they are the Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows of AEW. Ooh, the WWE version, yeah. Supposed to be these badass guys who come in and just lose all the time. I not win damn. I, listen, I don't I don't get the the Italian painter look they got going on over here with the <laughs> with the whole all white. I don't, I don't know. If you're gonna be Italian painters or plumbers, at least do the Mario and Luigi colors. Like, give us something. I don't know, man. It's weird. It's a little weird. But then it wasn't this match where um, FTR came out for the save. Yeah. So Butcher and Blade attack the Bucks after the match. FTR come down to even the odds. There's a big brawl, and then uh, at the end, the Bucks and FTR look like they're trying to one up each other. The Bucks go for that off-the-top-rope spike tombstone. FTR does the off-the-top-rope spike pile driver. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I'm i not a stan, but if I was to be a stan, the closest wrestler I would stand for is The Undertaker. He is my all-time favorite. To me, okay. he's the GOAT. Um, I'm just realizing now you look a lot like Shinsuke Nakamura. Anyway, neither here nor there. <laughs> it's the red in the hair. Um I'm not – I don't like that the Bucks are doing the tombstone. Like, to me, it's disrespectful to my favorite wrestler. Isn't that a callback, though, to um, the Four Horsemen, uh, Tully and Arn? That, that, didn't they used to do that? Yes, it is, but I don't associate it with Tully and Arn anymore. I associate it with The Undertaker, and I'm watching them do it, and I'm like, I'm going to need you guys to back off the tombstone. Like, that's not your shit. Undertaker hasn't retired yet. Leave my boy in his move alone. But <laughs> – I'm actually hyped. I for guess. The, I mean, I'm hyped for the Young Bucks uh, FTR match whenever they get to it. I've made it very clear. I think. I think they gotta wait till till we got a crowd for that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've made it very clear. I don't like Nick Jackson. I don't like his fucking face. Um, I don't know why. What? I do. What's your problem with Nick Jackson? So here's the thing. I get a lot of shit because my name is Matt and. I like the Hardy Boys, but I don't like Jeff, and I like Matt Hardy. And they're like, oh, you only like him because your name's Matt. That's not true. In my opinion, Jeff Hardy falls off things gracefully, but Matt wow. Hardy is the in-ring wow. technician. Matt Hardy wow. carries the matches. Matt Hardy Slander. is the better of the two. Wow. In my opinion, Matt Jackson, the older brother, is the better of the two, and there's something about Nick Jackson's face that I just don't fucking like. Wow. I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> wow. Um, Sir. But I, I'm going, the thing is most AEW tag teams, I like one half of the tag team and I don't like the other. And I don't know why. That's fair. That's fair. I'm also not a Kenny Omega guy. What? Okay. So how do I log off this team? Listen, let me, let me explain this to you. So here's the thing. I, the only Kenny Omega I've seen was his match against Jericho in New Japan, their first match. And then what he's done in AEW. And I've heard a lot of people say that Kenny Omega in AEW is not the best bout machine that we got oh, in New Japan. Not at all. I not don't watch all. New Japan. So there's that. But also, I have stated many times that if Kenny really is as good as everyone says he is, then I should be seeing that in AEW. I shouldn't have to go back to New Japan to see how great this guy is. If he is that good, <laughs> That's a fair point. That's I fair. should see it now. And I'm not seeing it now. So I do love me some Adam Page, though. Hangman's my shit. Listen, I hated, fucking hated Adam Page at the start, but once he got into this, what this character, this character shifted to what he's got now. Fucking awesome, man! He's oh, been yeah. fucking killing it. 
hundred percent. No, I'm all about Adam page. I'm, I'm Adam page. 100%. Not sure about Brian cage though. Uh, we got Taz and Brian cage doing a promo They're They're talking about how they're not going to take the high road. And it's funny because they're under the expressway. Uh, come on, man. Come on. You gotta love this. You gotta love that. So I, I talked about this with the get show podcast boys last week. Have you, you've seen the movie double dragons. Yes, yes. You remember that bad guy, Boa Bobo, the big fucking... No, you fucking don't. That's <laughs> no. exactly what Brian Cage looks like. He looks like Boa Bobo, bro. Get the fuck out. 100%. That's what I see. I've also said he's what Scott Steiner shit out um, after taking steroids. You know what? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't take this. Oh, no, how... So here's the thing. I've heard good things about Brian Cage. I don't watch Impact, so I haven't seen Brian Cage. I'm willing to give the guy a shot. I just I didn't like that You've he never came seen in. Lucha Underground? I did not watch Lucha Underground. I have not gone and watched it. What have you been doing with your life, sir? Um, sir. A lot of things. A lot of things. But I know there's a lot I need to go check out. Um, I'm willing to see what Brian Cage has. I just I didn't like that he came in and he went straight to the top when we're supposed to have a ranking system and number one contenders and all this. I get that he kind of won their their money in the bank thing. It just – it was his debut, and right off the bat, one match, he's got a shot against Moxley, and they kind of ignored the whole rankings, in my opinion. So so you, you wanted him to, like, kind of earn a little bit more? Yeah, basically. For those of us who haven't watched Impact or Lucha Underground and who aren't familiar with them, it's just this big buff guy who came in and just walk straight to the top of the fucking card. I mean, I you could say that, I guess, but like, who else is Moxley going to be facing? Who's the number one contender right now? Who's who's top in the rankings? Well, if we're going about rankings, I guess, because you like to talk about rankings all day long. Oh, I'm talking about um, rankings because they establish rankings, and I'm pretty sure MJF is technically the number one contender for either of the singles titles. I feel like he sh- MJF should have fought him, but wasn't he wasn't he injured and that kind of like messed everything up? Yeah, I think so. Because I think it would have been uh, MJF at that pay per view, and then you would have had uh, Moxley facing uh, Brody Lee right now instead. Yeah. Um, we also got a Moxley promo where he talks about how he's got his demons and he's going to drag Cage down with him. I, I'm honestly, I'm excited for this match because I'm not familiar with Brian Cage and I do want to see what Brian Cage can do. Okay. I want to see where he goes. All right. I, I, I joke about him looking like Bo Bobo because he's just so big and all muscly and shit. But I'm not really, I'm not opposed to Brian Cage. I do kind of like Taz and how Taz is attributing all of his old catchphrases to this guy and uh, the route they've gone. So I'm actually down for the match. I just, I kind of like talking shit. Um, <laughs> speaking of talking shit, we got Reba or Rebel, as we all know her. Um, she finds Britt Baker. Britt Baker's in a dumpster, and she is so unhappy. You know, she she's yelling, and she wants big someone to go after Big Swole. She's gonna make Big Swole pay, and she kind of tells Rebel to get out of here. And Rebel's like, "Okay, cool, I'm free," and like takes off again. I enjoy everything they've done with Britt Baker. You know, her character work is fantastic. It From that first heel promo that she cut where she fucking shit the bed to where she's at now, like, night and day. Oh, true shit. She, she really did fuck up that promo, right? Like, mm. it was almost over for her. It was. Forgot about that shit. And then 
our main event is the best friends versus the sex gods. And if the sex gods win, they get, they become number one contenders for the tag team titles and the best friends lose their number one contendership. Best friends win here. Um, again, I Listen, love Trent. man. I, Go ahead. I just got to say, I could not give a single fuck about no Trent Beretta or Chuck Taylor, man. I, I, I could not give a single, any, any bit of a fuck for those two guys. So, I love their theme song. I love their interaction with Orange Cassidy. I like Trent. I don't give two shits about Chuck Taylor. And we have gone on record saying, if you're going to call yourself Chuck Taylor, you need to wear Chucks to the ring. If you're not wearing Chucks and your name's Chuck Taylor, you're not doing a service to yourself, and we don't fucking need you. And if you pay attention, fucking Trent Beretta wrestles 90% of the match. Chuck Taylor doesn't do shit. Which is why I like Trent. Like, I'm good with Trent. I love Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy dressing up as the cameraman and then attacking Chris Jericho after the match and actually, like, putting in some effort because his whole thing is minimum effort. Like, minimum effort, maximum exposure. Now he's maximum effort. Dude, I was all about it. He went after Jericho. I want to see more from Orange Cassidy. I'm excited for this Jericho-Cassidy feud. They, They got me hooked. This is the vitamin C I need in my life, man. These guys have been <laughs> Orange Cassidy, dude. Like that was fucking trash. I shouldn't have said that shit. <laughs> dude, Orange Cassidy is a fucking star, man. I, honestly, I don't think he needs the best friends. I really don't. He doesn't, but it, the hugging it, it works. I, I like how they kind of paired him with them to get him to where he is now. It, it's all worked for me. Um, AEW man, spit or swallow, or gargle undecidedly. Uh, I will, I will definitely 100% swallow that shit whole. So I know you've said that, uh, I should not assume that this is your Pornhub debut and I'm not going to assume it. Uh, is this the first time you've swallowed on Pornhub? You know what? It's not the first time I swallowed on Pornhub, (laughs) but it's the first time I gargled and then swallowed for sure. Okay. Uh, where are we going next? Raw, NXT, or SmackDown? Well, since it's Pornhub and we want to, we want to, you know, spice things up. Let's go a little bit raw. Let's smack it raw. All right, let's smack it raw, man. Uh, so we kick off with uh, Randy Orton. Uh, he's out there talking about, you know, Edge winning that match. Christian comes out and confronts him, and Randy gives him, you know, hey, let's throw back one more match. I'll give you one more match unsanctioned because you're not cleared to wrestle tonight. Um, and then the whole show is basically Christian kind of figuring out, is he going to have this one last match? Is he going to fight Randy Orton? It took way too long for them to get Christian to come out and be involved in this. I mm-hmm. mean, he's Edge's best friend and everything with Beth Phoenix and all the stuff that they did leading up to that WrestleMania match where Christian didn't have mm-hmm. Edge's back. And I get it because he was also close with Randy, but still like, they took way too long to get him involved, but now he's here. Do you do you think he would he would have gotten involved if Edge wasn't hurt? I don't. I don't honestly. I think they would have kept him off. Yeah. Um. But then again, I've got. I mean, I, well, I don't know when it was taped, so I don't know how long they've known about Edge's injury. I've got to assume it's been at least a couple of weeks, so they've had time to get Christian there for the tapings too. So, but shout out, dude, shout out to Christian. He's mad underrated. Oh hell yeah. Definitely Hall How of Fame. How the fuck he's not in the Hall of Fame? How is he not in the Hall of Fame, man? No idea. 
how you feel about Angel Garza? Angel, okay. Let me just, for the record, because I see this on, on Twitter a lot. Can we stop comparing Angel Garza to fucking Eddie Guerrero? Or Sammy Guevara, because I've seen both. I've seen Sammy and Angel. They're not... Bruh, just because you see a fucking Latino wrestler don't mean he's going to be the next Eddie Guerrero. Just because you see private party, they're not street profits, bro. Like, can we stop these fucking whack-ass comparisons on fucking Twitter, bro? I'm with it's you. Fucking and fucking um, JR would say it all the time on, on fucking AEW. Oh, this kid, Sammy Guevara, reminds me of a young Eddie Guerrero. Shut the fuck up. And, like, come on, man. And plus... Garza comes from his own fucking lineage of, of fucking wrestling legend. Like, why, why, why would, like, there's no reason for him to want to be like, oh, I'm going to be the Eddie Girl when he's got so many other people to look up. You know what I mean? Like, there's no other comparisons, man. I'm just, just for the record, I, I think that shit's whack, and I think y'all should stop that on fucking Twitter. Dude, I'm with you 100% on that. Um, so we got this Garza interview. Uh, we've got Garza hitting on Charlie. And then, well, you asked her how I feel about Garza. I will, I will swallow all day long on that one. Oh, yeah? 100%, bro. You see those dimples? I miss, I miss the pants gimmick. I wish he still came out with the pants and ripped the pants off. I love that. Um, I was also a bit, I'm a big fan of this whole uh, kind of Latino heat-esque character that he's doing, the Latin Lothario, where even though we all know he's engaged, he's hitting on Charlie. I'm all for it. Uh, the Zelina I mean, Vega. I guess if, if you like the... Latin lover, you know, stereotype typecast that they're putting him in, I guess. That's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. That's true. That is a stereotype. Um, I also like Zelina kind of being the the big sister who's disapproving of what's going on and trying to keep Angel focused. Obviously, we've got tension here with Angel and Andrade after, you know, that number Listen, one contenders man, match. Selena Vega, she is fucking killing it right now in her role. Oh, yeah. Fucking destroying, man. Like, this shit would not be working without her, man. And, yeah, I would love I would love to see her wrestle more. Let's let see her actually do stuff because she can't go. But what she's done with this, man, is, is nothing short of amazing. No, I, I, dude, I'm with you 100%. Like, everything she's done with Andrade, her manager role, what she's created on Raw for herself, how Listen, she's kind of struck he, out. He, she was able to savage that bullshit that they did by adding Austin Theory with them. <laughs> like, yeah. Bro was like fucking Niklo from Blood In and Blood Out, bro. Like, he did not need to be in that shit. <laughs> the one fucking oh. white guy with all the Mexican. Bro. Uh, we got Kevin Owens. He defeats Angel Garza here. Uh, like I said, there's tensions with Garza and Andrade, and Zelina tells the boys, like, hey, you need to get your shit together. Like we yeah. are a unit. We need to act like a unit. You guys need to figure out whatever the fuck the problem is and straighten it out. We need to get back on track. She is not happy. Uh, then we got MVP coming out. He blames Lana for Bobby losing. Lana comes out and gives all the reasons why it's not her fault. And apparently it's because she dyed her hair for Bobby. She left her husband for Bobby. She put her career on hold. I don't know what career she put on hold for Bobby because she wasn't winning the women's title anytime soon, but it's neither here nor there. Um, Bobby said he's tired of Lana not listening. You know, he told her to stay in the back. She didn't listen. She came out. He says that, you know, she's just using him for fame. And she's like, if I was going to fuck somebody for fame, I would have fucked Drew McIntyre, not you. 
And I was like, oh, oh, oh. Bitch. Finally, out of her entire career, she had one good burn. Um, Bobby wants a divorce, and I'm so happy we're finally going to get away from this weird story that they've created with Bobby and Lana. We're going to get, we're going to break those two up and let Bobby go on with MVP and hopefully see great things from him with MVP. And you know what? Low key, low key. This whole Lana storyline has been the longest running storyline they've done out of anybody. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Yeah. And they fired and that her damn, husband. That damn, that damn white woman cost Bobby Lashley the match. God the white she devil. <laughs> That's what I called her on Twitter. I was like, yep, there it is. White She-Devil did it again. Um, Some bitch. So we got <laughs> – you watched you watched uh, Backlash, right? Of course. Did, were you a fan of the Viking Raiders, Street Profits, Akira Tozawa, Ninja Listen, segment? <laughs> I don't know where the fuck they came out with that Akira Tozawa shit, but – Listen, man, with everything going on, like, I'm just trying to have some fun. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze a fucking segment. So I enjoyed the shit out of that. I was having fun with it. They looked like they were having fun. Look, They looked like they tried to make the most out of it. I was fucking with it. Whatever, man. I, w- I was just trying to have some fun. I'll give you that. I, I hated it. <laughs> um, I just... I, I mean, from the from the cinematic matches that they've had, I wouldn't put that up to the, with the, the top ones. But, you know... It, to me, it was entertaining. You no, know, it was with, you know, Ivar using the force and all that. It's just this whole thing they've done with the Viking Raiders and Street Profits. It's killing me because Street Profits are talented as fuck in-ring competitors. Viking Raiders mm-hmm. are your typical badass WWE tag team that WWE, for whatever reason, has turned into a comedy act now. You know, I'm not going to say Bro. that the Ascension were good wrestlers, but the Ascension coming out of NXT were bad motherfuckers, and they ruined them. AOP were bad motherfuckers, and they ruined them. Viking Raiders were bad motherfuckers who were putting on some awesome matches in NXT, left undefeated tag team champions, and now they're they're a joke now. And Akira Tozawa... Turns them into the Highlanders, man. Yeah, has got... Oh, Jesus Christ, the Highlanders. Uh, (laughs) Akira Tozawa, on his side, has got the biggest, blackest ninja I've ever seen in my life. That motherfucker was huge. People were saying they thought it was Shaq. Apparently, it's a PC trainee. No, but because been, he's been, yeah, he's like he's been an NXT trainee and shit. Yeah, but listen, <laughs> these fucking faces and shit that Tazawa was doing had <laughs> me fucking dead, bro. See, do that again for me. He was doing the okay. whole. If you guys are watching this on YouTube or Pornhub or Vince right now, if you're watching the live stream, tell me he does not look like Shinsuke Nakamura doing that right now. 100%. The red, the hair, the hand, it's there. So um, Zawa was out here looking like Bruce Lee and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar over here. <laughs> uh, so Big Show comes out to kind of help out the, the Viking Prophets, this uh, – team that they've kind of formed the fusion of the viking raiders mm-hmm. and street profits uh okay i guess big show's big and that ninja was giant so we needed a guy to offset it i kind of like this big brother role that big show's taken uh all right vince is taking off how you feel about big show <sighs> i mean i feel like they did to big show the same thing they're doing to the viking raiders where 
he was this big, imposing, athletic guy, and they turned him into a straight comedy act. And I know he's got, uh, he's got all of the the comedy timing and everything to do that. Like I loved when he was mm-hmm. impersonating all the wrestlers when he was doing the Hulk Hogan and this and that. Mm-hmm. But he was supposed to be more than what he became. I feel like, and right now, like I said. I don't mind the way they're using him now, but I mean, again, Big Show should be is a legend, and I don't feel like they treat him like one. I feel like they treat him like shit, and I think the fans treat him a little bit like shit too. And I don't feel like people appreciate him as much as they should, because old boy, he's been doing a lot. He did a lot, man. Mm-hmm. Bro, the fucking shit with Eddie Guerrero alone. The fucking diarrhea burritos. <laughs> uh, GTV. <laughs> All right, we got Seth Rollins. He goes to the ring to confront Dominic. Uh, Ray pops up on the screen and warns Seth, "You better not touch Dominic." Um, mm-hmm. We got Murph, uh, Murphy and Austin Theory are out looking for Dominic because he's here, but we don't know where he is. Um, Seth wants Dominic to join. His cult. He, he wants Dominic oh, to come shit. be a part of his group. And Ray said that's never going to happen. Dominic finally, after, I mean, from, you know, them putting him on a pole and, you know, doing the custody match with uh, Eddie <laughs> to, you know, being Brock Lesnar's uh, F5 dummy, all the stuff they've done. He gets some offense here. He jumps Seth Rollins. And then Murphy and Theory come after him. He escapes. They use the old country buffet sneeze guards to the best of their ability to keep the two guys separated <laughs> from them. I really I, I want to see what the son of Rey Mysterio is capable of in a WWE ring. I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking yeah. forward. I know Ray has come out and said that he wants to team with his son and eventually pass on the mask to his son uh, for the end of his career. I, I can't wait to see this happen, and I'm really looking forward to everything that's coming with this. Bruh, what a fucking turn it would be. You know, this, this thing with Rollins goes on for a bit. Ray Mysterio is obviously ending towards the end of his career. You have him team up with Dominic for a bit. Then you have fucking Dominic turn on him and take the fucking mask, bro. I would lose my fucking shit. If you're going to do that, you got to do – I said this a couple weeks ago. After he takes out Ray, grab a mic and say, my name is Dominic Guerrero, damn it. <laughs> and jump all the way back to Eddie being his father. Bro. They don't have the balls to do that. But oh, they won't do it. Did that no, shit, they bro. They, they blackballed Vicky. Shit. There's no way they're going to do it. So. Oh, true shit. True yeah. shit. True shit. She's, uh, she's now uh, the Kimberly Page of AEW over there. Running damn. The, running the uh, the cheerleaders for the inner circle um no dude i'm all about this i i want to i can't wait to see dominic in a match and see what this kid's capable of i've got high hopes for him so a lot of pressure being the son of ray mysterio out there it is now this next thing that we're coming up to i had such high hopes for because we've got our truth he's got a tag team match with drew mcintyre to take on mvp and bobby lashley later and our truth basically signs him up, signs Drew up in the main event for a winner-take-all match. So if MVP and Bobby Lashley win, they are the 24-7 and WWE champions. Um, Wait, what happened to Grunk's old ass? 
Uh, he re-signed, or not re-signed, but he signed with uh, the Tampa Bay and WWE fired his ass. So what the fuck was the fuck? Listen, I begrudgingly have to admit that I am a Tom Brady fan and I was a Patriots fan for a very long time. Don't get me wrong. I am from Chicago. I'm a Bears fan all the way, but... You're a piece of shit is what you are. I've been told that. (laughs) I have been a Patriots fan. I consider Tom Brady to be the greatest quarterback The fucking blasphemy right now, bro. I I can't. Gronkowski. Your your Chicago card is revoked. I've heard that. I've been told that. Um, at least I'm not a Packers fan. Come on now. I was about to say. I was about to say. If I hear that shit. No. Fuck the green and gold and fuck Aaron Rodgers. No, Thank I you. just – I consider Tom Brady to be the best quarterback of all time. And I will say that I was a, I was a Patriots fan until Gronkowski started talking in WWE and I heard him speak. And then I realized I was really just a Tom Brady fan. I didn't give a shit about the Patriots. I just like Tom Brady. Um, That's fair. That's fair. So, anyway, we got our truth basically putting Drew McIntyre's championship up in a match where if our truth gets pinned, Drew loses his title. And Drew's not happy. So, Drew's, you know, trying to talk to truth and explain to him why this is a problem and that he needs to be focused and everything. And truth's like, okay, I got this. And he comes back and he says, I talked to them and I got it straightened out. Everything's okay. Now, just your title's on the line. Not both of ours, just yours. He was like, dude, what the fuck? Dude, I thought that we were going to get an R-Truth heel turn and R-Truth was going to join Lashley and MVP and they were going to take that title off Drew. And I was so for it. I was like, this is going to be amazing. They didn't fucking do it. Um, and we'll talk about it. Fuck it. So our main event, uh, or not our main event, we had uh, we had that match. Drew and our truth get the win. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They retain. Um, like I said, I was really hoping for that. Like, if our truth had turned and joined them and cost Drew the title, like that would have been some really cool shit. Bro, that that fucking pairing would be way too fucking black for WWE. <laughs> they would never do that shit. I mean, we had the Nation of Domination at one point, like in the fucking nineties. Look at. They brought Bianca Belair up here, paired him up with the Street Profits for like two days, and we're like, nah, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, no, I'm pissed about that because Bianca's fucking fire, and the fact that they're just wasting her Fucking amazing, bro. Amazing. And they just got her doing Jack's main event here and there. That's it? Like, they're just trash. Come on, bro. You got got her on on the sidelines not doing anything, yet you got Charlotte Flair out here doing double overtime? Come on, bro. Uh, speaking of the women, we had the Iconics taking on Liv Morgan and Natalia, who are apparently a team now. I don't watch main events, so I don't know if this is something they kind of put together on main event. You Wait, you're not watching main event? Why would I watch main event? Are you not watching 205 Live? No, I'm not watching 205 Are you not Live. watching NXT UK? I watch NXT UK. You watch... I feel like you got something to say. No, let's just let's just 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 proceed. Just okay. Just, so um, after the Iconics win, they call out Bailey and <laughs> Sasha for a title match to no response. So they say, "All right, fine. We know some people. 
Uh, we'll make the match for next week. Then we got Natalia backstage, and she's just shitting on Liv Morgan, saying that, you know, they lost the match because of Liv, and, you know, there's a problem with the women's division. She doesn't know what happened to it, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then Lana comes up and says she had a bad night, too. And I feel oh like God. Lana and Natalia bonded. And let me say, as a fan of wrestling Twitter and the WWE real one, I know that more screen time for Natalia, let alone a Lana and Natalia pair up, is going to be his favorite thing. He's just going to love that so much. <laughs> we also got Big Show giving Christian advice. Um, and Christian agrees he's going to do the match. Uh, main event, unsanctioned, okay. Christian versus Randy Orton. Then we got MVP trying to recruit Apollo Crews, and he tells Crews, listen, I can help you. I can get you to where you need to be. I can make you a great U.S. champion. And Crews is like, nah, I'm good. And MVP says, listen, if you don't go with me, you won't be champion for very long. We've got Apollo Crews versus Shelton Benjamin. Apollo gets the win, but Apollo gets the win using the ropes. Kind of a heel oh, tactic. Oh, shit. So Shelton used the ropes and got caught, and then Apollo used the ropes for a roll-up, grabbed him with his arm to get that leverage, and slid out there with the win. I've heard that MVP has now recruited Shelton Benjamin and is going to give Shelton Benjamin a title match against Apollo next week. So we're going to continue the story. I'm happy to see Shelton getting used. Bro, Sh Shelton Benjamin is fucking amazing, and for them not to use him, just have him on the fucking side. Like, come on, bro. Come on. He is hands down one of the most talented men in the ring. And I shame all of you Twitter people who did not vote for Shelton Benjamin in my Brawl for All tournament. Uh, I wanted Shelton. Can we talk about – are we going to talk about your, your bitch-ass Brawl for All tournament? My bitch-ass Brawl for All tournament? We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's just let's – just... Okay. Uh. And then we got... Which I feel like you need to eliminate some people just because of what's going on. I'm just, you know, saying. Well, we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> big Show's then... Uh, oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. So, oh, yeah. Ric Flair's backstage. He's talking to Charlotte, asking her, you know, what people doesn't she like? What's she going to do next? She says she doesn't need a title at this point. You know, she just wants to go out and have good matches. Rick also talks to Christian, tells him that he's not ready for Randy, talks about how amazing Randy is. Christian doesn't want to hear any of that shit from Rick. Um, Rick's been sucking the Randy Orton cock for like three weeks now. I mean, for three weeks or he's been sucking that cock since he was 21? Oh, he might have been sucking it since he was 21. But I mean, Wait, let, just, let's, let's, I can't can't make those kind of jokes, you know. Allegedly, 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 um, allegedly. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, I get it, the evolution tie-in and all that. I just I don't know why they're using Ric Flair of all people to push how great Randy Orton is. We all know how great Randy Orton is. We don't need Ric Flair to tell us how great Randy Orton. But he is. was in the greatest wrestling match ever. I mean, did you not get the memo? I did. They used that really shitty uh, fucking Panic at the Disco song to promote it. <laughs> um, Which, to be fair, it, it, was a, it was a pretty decent match. Oh, no, it was a damn good match. I feel like if there was a crowd yeah. there, it would have came off way better than oh, with the piped in noise. Um, that, yeah, it would have been a banger. Bailey and Sasha finally come out. So apparently they were here all night and they just ignored the Iconics. They're bragging. Um, 
talking about how it's Bailey's birthday week, and then the Iconics come down. They want a title shot. So Bailey gives it to him. Again, more of Bailey, you know, putting Sasha in positions that she doesn't want to be in. She didn't ask for putting their titles on the mm-hmm. line because if she loses, she's still champ. So it is what it is. How do you feel about this Bailey Sasha thing? Dude, they've been cock teasing me with a breakup between Bailey and Sasha for like six years now. I almost don't even care anymore. Like, I want it to happen. What? I want to see where it goes, but they just keep dangling in front of me. Like, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then they pull it away. And then they dangle in front of me and then they pull it away. I've got blue balls. I've got blue balls and I'm unhappy. You know, for that, you should definitely take some blue chew. I should take blue chew for blue balls? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I could do that. I mean, I feel like because I have blue balls, blue chew would only make the problem worse. Or better. Maybe. Maybe if you combine. See, now this is why Smackin' It Raw needs a Blue Chew sponsorship, Blue Chew. We are the perfect podcast being on Pornhub to promote your product. It it just and it it just makes sense. It does. It does. Uh Asuka defeats Nia Jax in a rematch that we didn't need. Oh, you're not a big Nia Jax guy? I don't, so I don't have the problem with Nia Jax that the rest of Twitter seems to have. And I okay. said this, my thing on Nia Jax is while we may be sitting back and perceive her to be unsafe and there may be instances that you can point out to where she has been unsafe, mm-hmm. ultimately it is the people that she is getting in the ring with that are putting themselves in her hands to decide whether or not she's unsafe and if they want to wrestle her. So if they're willing to continue to do matches with her, and put their their health and their lives in her hands, then obviously there's a level of trust there with her to where they're going to continue to do it. So I don't think she's as unsafe as wrestling Twitter makes her out to be, but I definitely do think there have been some issues like busting Kyrie Sane's head open on the stairs and other things she's done, punching Becky in the face, even though that gave us an amazing moment because if she hadn't blasted Becky yeah. in the face, we never would have got Becky standing there all bloody like a badass. Um, I'm not down on Nia Jax. I just, I don't need to see this Nia Jax Oscar feud rematch where Oscar beat her and Oscar beats her again. It's, it's not going anywhere. The whole Oscar didn't earn it thing is old and not true. And I think that's been disproven. You know, she won the, she won the fucking ladder match. Like she won the title. It, it so who you, who are you putting up against Oscar then Charlotte? No, uh, honestly, Bianca. Like, let's build Bianca and put Bianca against her. I'd love to see Asuka yeah. Bianca. Like, yeah. Um, I'd even, I wouldn't mind seeing, even though I'm not huge on her, if we're just going to have Asuka win some matches and do some things, put Asuka against uh, Natalia. It's going to be a good match. The build might not be great, but it's going to be a good technical match. Asuka's going to look awesome coming out on the other side of it. Like, yeah, and Natalia will say, we'll end every single promo with bitch. Yeah, exactly, because that's the only <laughs> thing she's got. And then we get the highlight of the show. My favorite thing from Backlash was the return of the punt. Randy has teased it, teased it. And now not only do we get Edge punted and pinned, but Christian gets attacked. Ric Flair comes in and low blows him. And then Randy Orton kicks his fucking head off. Like he's, like he's fucking Robbie Gold shooting for the goalposts. 
I love Bro, it. Bro, I miss that fucking punt kick. Me that too. shit was fucking brutal. It is. It really is. I'm so glad it's back. Um, Christian doesn't get his last, his one more match. He gets kicked into oblivion. They come and they cart him out. We know that the reason Christian retired was because of concussion issues. So this plays into that, which is actually awesome and entertaining. I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all for CTE, definitely, 100%. You're all for CTE. Um, where you at? Monday Night Raw, Spit or Swallow? This one? This one's going to be like, I teased the spit. I teased the swallow, but then just ended up spitting it all over the place. You can go undecidedly. Like, you can, if you're, if you're 50-50 on it. It's one of those where you like, okay, I gargle to an accidental choke. How about that? Okay. Um, I'm I'm swallowing this just simply for the the Christian Randy shit. I really enjoyed that. Um, and I also really liked the uh, the stuff with Archer and Drew, even though it didn't end the way I wanted it to. So I'm gonna swallow. Where are we going? NXT that's or two you swallow? Huh? Isn't that that's you've been swallowing all night, haven't you? I swallow a lot. I can, yeah. I can believe that, big boy. Let's do uh, let's do SmackDown, and then we'll end it. We'll end it with NXT. All right. So we kick off SmackDown with an icy title presentation for AJ Styles, who won the icy title last week on SmackDown. We got all the raw male superstars surrounding the ring. AJ comes down. He tries to humiliate Daniel Bryan, telling Daniel Bryan to come in the ring. He wants Daniel to put the belt around his waist. He Daniel's kind of not having it. He's calling Daniel a coward and all these things. And Daniel finally breaks down and puts the title around his waist because AJ did win. And then AJ tells him, you know, there will be no handouts because Daniel tells him, because he wanted Daniel to give a speech. And Daniel's like, well, why don't you be one of the greatest U.S. champions and give Drew McIntyre a shot? If you don't want to give handouts, he pinned you last week. He's earned it. Give Drew McIntyre, or not Drew McIntyre, I'm sorry, uh, Drew Gulak a title shot. And AJ's like, no, I will give a title shot to the number one contender. And then Matt Riddle's music hits. And here comes the bro. He says that AJ is the face that runs the place, but he's the bro that runs the show. AJ says he doesn't appreciate Matt Riddle being in his ring and not wearing shoes. AJ takes a cheap shot at Matt Riddle. Riddle knocks him outside the ring. And then we get AJ versus Matt Riddle. And AJ loses to Matt Riddle in Matt Riddle's first match on SmackDown. I mean, how are you feeling about this one? Well, so AJ lost because he goes outside to argue with Daniel Bryan because everyone's mm-hmm. still standing around the ring. It's basically a lumberjack match, but it's not billed as a lumberjack match. Also, they announced the match to be for the IC title, and AJ stopped them and said, no, the title's not on the line. This is a non-title match. You're not going to bring in Matt Riddle and have him lose in his first match. Right. I don't know how I feel about them having him go over AJ, even though it's non-title, after AJ just won the IC title, even though there was some shenanigans involved. Mm-hmm. I got to see where it's going. I got to see. Now, does the fact of what's going on 
change what's this direction from Matt Riddle for you, or you separate the two, or so what goes on in your mind throughout this whole my process? My understanding from what I've seen on Twitter is that it has kind of been disproven the allegations against Matt Riddle. There have been uh, there was a screenshot of a supposed text message from Matt Riddle's wife to Candy that at the very bottom had a remove ads link. Um, and she was called out for it. Apparently she deleted that, cropped it so that wasn't there, and then reposted it. Matt Riddle has denied Ooh. all of the allegations and said that this woman and his wife has also come out and said that this woman has been stalking them. He's had to change his number, uh -huh. that um, they've had talks about firearms training orders against her. There's definitely something more here. I don't know 100% if what he's saying is true or not. Uh, this is definitely one of those ones that it's up in the air and it's fishy on both sides, I think. So we got to see how it plays out. Okay. This okay. is one of those ones where I'm saying reserve your judgment on both ends until we find out, you know, who's telling the truth. That's fair. That's fair. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. You know, I was just asking a question. No, it's all good. I understand because I have a feeling Matt Riddle was one of the people you thought might need to be removed from my tournament, even though you guys forced me to put him in the fucking tournament. I mean, to be fair, you didn't want his ass in that tournament. I didn't. Which that tournament is so rigged beyond belief. You know what? I, Go ahead. I, continue. I tried to rig it, but it's not going my way. All my favorite. <laughs> what did you get? All my favorite That's wrestlers are out. Get. Alistair Black lost and Undertaker <laughs> lost, so. I'm going to start bribing people just to ruin this fucking tournament. Like you did today with Ken Shamrock? Nobody took it. I literally, I legit would have cash up anybody who would have fucking took about this tournament. Yeah, it didn't happen. He Listen, won on he if, won on Facebook too. If y'all are on, on on Twitter or Facebook and you come across these tournaments, if you vote, a vote in my direction, I might you know slip a little dinero your way. I'm just saying. So my tournament's bullshit, but he's over here trying to rig it. So. <laughs> uh. We got Jeff Hardy. He does an interview with Renee Young. He talks about how his road to redemption continues and Sheamus was just a speed bump. And then we got more Shorty G and Mojo Rowley where it's more of just Chad Gable short. And we're going to talk about how Chad Gable short. Chad Gable gets the win over Mojo. I don't know why we have to continue. Like, why? Everything he does has to be about his height. I don't get it. That storyline kind of feels like it was written by some five foot two guy. In the, in the writer's room. <laughs> like Danny DeVito's back there like, we're going to get a hero. <laughs> like, it, it was fine the first two months, whatever. But now, like, throughout commentary, throughout everything, they have to, like, throw some short puns, every, like, left and right. Like, it's fucking I don't awful. know, man. It's kind of whack. It's, it's fucking whack, awful. yeah. We also got Mandy Rose. She's on Miz TV. Miz and Morrison addressed the fact that the reason they lost against Braun Strowman is because somebody changed the rules before the match. They went in assuming they were both going to be champion, and they can't prepare, they came prepared for that, and this was dropped on them, and that's why they didn't beat Braun. Uh, they also kind of take some shots at Mandy and Otis's relationship. Mandy's like, fuck this. I'm going to leave. And they're like, no, no, no. We're sorry. We're sorry. Then they bring out Sonya. And it looks like Sonya raided Aleister Black's closet. She has an, an all-black suit, jacket, tie, <laughs> shirt, pants, straight-up Aleister Black from those backstage segments. Uh, they go back and forth. It's the same shit you've heard. Sonya says Mandy's only giving shit because she's pretty and she's not talented. Mandy says mm -hmm. that 
No one likes Sonya. All she is is a fighter. There's nothing more to her. And they end up brawling. Miz gets in the middle to break it up. And Mandy slaps Miz in the face. Ooh. Miz doesn't know how to take it. I'm wondering if maybe Maurice is going to get involved with Mandy now because, you know, you don't put your hands on Maurice's man. Or if Otis and Tucker are going to get a little action with the Miz and Morrison now, if that's where we're going. Yeah, definitely. But so where do you think Sonya goes from here? Because she's amazingly talented. But where do you think this goes? Because she can't continue with Mandy Rose forever. She can't. And we actually got a backstage segment with the entire SmackDown women's division where you saw Alexa and Nikki and Dana Brooke and Naomi and Tamina all together in the back, kind of talking about what was going to happen and who was going to fight uh, Sasha and Bailey next. Um, I, I, I really want to see Naomi back. So I would love them to put yes. Sonya in a, uh, put her in a story with Naomi. So we get Naomi back yeah. on TV, back in the ring, doing stuff with Naomi. All that amazing stuff. Naomi did come back at the Royal Rumble, all the attention she got. And then you just, just do nothing with it. Like, come on, man. There are a lot of good women on this roster that are just kind of sitting there not being used, and it's really disappointing. <laughs> oh, the fuck? Man, we get, like, 10 th- Lana had, like, 15 different storylines. Granted, they're all the same, but, like, come on, man. You know, we, uh, again, Lana was on Monday Night Raw being used, but we've got Naomi just sitting there not being used, Bianca not even on TV. It's It's stupid. Sasha and Bailey. Starting to sense a little bit of a pattern with this, but go ahead. No, no, there's a big pattern. We talk about it all the time. Travis and I pointed out all the time that WWE definitely reflects what's going on in society and uh, people that aren't being treated equal um, all kind of look alike and it's fucked up. So we got Bailey and Sasha coming out, sitting ringside. They're doing commentary for the New Day versus the Lucha House Party. New Day gets the win over the Lucha House Party. Shinsuke and Cesaro come down, they attack and take out the New Day, and then they get in the face of Michael Cole and Corey Graves and say they're Mm -hmm. tired of being overlooked and mistreated and they're going to make a statement. And this is basically the bar 2.0. We've just replaced Sheamus with Shinsuke. I don't know. Listen, I I cannot take what they've done to Shinsuke Nakamura, man. I know you don't watch New Japan. I get that. Maybe you've seen his run in NXT. Oh, I did. I watched all of NXT. Completely different to what they're doing with him up here, man. They've completely wasted them. And I will die on this hill. They have wasted Shinsuke Nakamura 100%. He should not be sidekick henchman number three over there, man. Oh, I'm with you 100%. He won a Royal Rumble. He should have main evented that WrestleMania, and he should have won, and he should have been Bruh. WWE champion. Bruh. His run as NXT champion was fucking awesome. Instead, they fucking made it. Look, <laughs> they make him debut, first of all. They make him debut in the fucking God knows middle of nowhere in some southern city, wherever the fuck. Ain't nobody knows him. Nobody was watching NXT like that at the time. You make him come in there, not say shit, then you make him debut again, and then you make him speak with a fucking mouth guard. And then, like, promos weren't his fucking thing to begin with, and y'all make, like, y'all just having prance around doing promos? 
Like, right? All you have. He ahead, didn't go, have go, to go, do go. promos in NXT. In NXT, he, he everything he did was about the way he moved and the yes, the charisma that exuded from you know just him being him, being silent and moving around and not doing that shit. And now you're going to force him to talk. You're going to force him out of his comfort zone and you're going to bury him because he, he isn't good at what you need him to, instead of playing to his strengths, you bury him for his weaknesses. Bro, listen, listen, hold on one second. Go ahead. Continue. I'll, I'll be right back. Continue. All right. So, uh, like I said, we had the SmackDown women's roster. They were all talking about who's going to take on Sasha and Bailey next for the tag titles or singles matches. Tamina wants a shot. Naomi wants a shot. Dana wants everyone to get together and just do something and take these girls out. And then Alexa realizes Nikki's missing. So after Sheamus does a promo where he talks about how next week he's going to do a champagne toast for Jeff Hardy, we talk more about Jeff Hardy being an alcoholic. Sasha and Bailey. I fucking did the whole fucking cosplay and shit. Man, I wore fucking black leather pants for the first time in my fucking life, dressed up as fucking Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm not fucking playing with you. I did the whole fucking thing. You know how uncomfortable leather pants are? No, Man, I do not. Sitting fucking five hours in, in, in the fucking stands with fucking leather pants? Bro, I went the fuck out for this, man. Only for them to see, for, for him to be fucking... Sami Zayn's henchman, like, come on, man. No, it's it, it really is disappointing. Um, so Sasha and Bailey are sitting ringside. Nikki, who was missing from that women's thing, attacks Sasha and Bailey from behind, jumps them. We get a little bit of two on one. That is a dope ass jacket, by the way. Um, Alexa Waste shows, my goddamn money. <laughs> Alexa shows up, pulls Nikki back. Nikki gets in the ring and says she wants Sasha. And, of course, Bailey accepts on Sasha's behalf. Nikki versus Sasha. Sasha gets the win with the Meteora into a pin. Where are you at on the uh, Alexa Bliss-Nikki Cross tag team? I'm over it. Over it. Cannot give a fuck. All right. Cannot give a fuck. Like, that shit hasn't evolved at all, man. Like, I I love it that... Nikki Cross is making it work. Alexa Bliss, let's be honest, is just fucking cruising at this point. And then somehow her wrestling has just re- regressed at this point. She's just over here doing slaps and Lutez press and shit. Like, she I, used to be so much more than that. I'm, I, I'm not, so I'm with you on that. Alexa, I, I believe a lot of people talk shit about Alexa, and I think she's a lot better in the ring than people give her credit for, but they haven't the- showcased it. And I, I think it's due to the amount of injuries that she's had. Yeah, yeah. She's changed the way she wrestles because of the amount of times, the concussions and the things that she's had. I think I that has see a lot that. to do with it. That's fair. No, that's 100% fair. I just feel like there hasn't been much... Like, we've been seeing the same thing over and over again from Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. I'd like to see a little bit of a... A shift, a little bit, something, a little bit more, some more spice to that. You know what I mean? Some more flavor. Like it's just, it's got it a little bit, a little bit bland for me. You know what I mean? No, I'm with you. I'm with you on it. Uh, yeah, and You're damn right, I, better be. I hope, <laughs> I hope we're getting there because they've done this whole thing with Nikki Cross, where Nikki says that the only reason she's not the crazy, sweaty, 
twisted sister is the influence that Alexis had on her. And maybe some of that will start to slip away and we'll get to see the old Nikki. Um, Look, uh, to be honest, I'd be more excited for Nikki Cross turning on Alexa Bliss than I am for a Sasha Banks Bailey match. I could see that. I'll give you that. We've, but like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. continue. Proceed. No, this I, is your show. This is your show. sir. I was sir, gonna, go I was gonna move on to the last part. So if you're still on Nikki and Alexa, let's keep talking Nikki and Alexa. Listen. Nikki Cross was fucking amazing when they did with her. When she was with Sanity. She's what held Sanity together. Once you took her out of Sanity, that shit didn't work. And then for some reason, that that it didn't that didn't translate over here to the main roster with the more casual fans. Whatever, it wasn't working. She was just it was just not going anywhere. Um, then pairing her with Alexa Bliss, very risky. But I feel like she's pulled it off amazingly. She's cut some amazing promos on her own with this character shift. And she's done great making this her, you know, wild character into like this whole baby face thing. I think it's great. I just think that this this pairing with Alexa Bliss has kind of reached its its uh what's the word? Uh its climax. It's 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 I feel like you've gotten the most juice that you can out of this this thing and I feel like it's not that you need necessarily to break them up but I feel like there needs to be some kind of advancement with them because you start you and you know you've seen it they started this whole tag women's tag team division but I mean there's only really like two tag teams and then they don't really do shit no I I'm with you 100% um we do we need we need to do something more we need to develop you know who they are more and this relationship between them it, we've hit it like you said, we've hit a stalemate with these two. Stalemate. See, that's the word. That's the word I was looking for. I, I know lots of words. I'm good with words. I know you revoked my Chicago card, but I'm good with words. Um, <laughs> so in our main event, we have the return of the Firefly Funhouse. Uh, Braun Strowman is very interested in this. Bray comes out, and I love Firefly Funhouse Bray. He's telling us about where he's been since Money in the Bank. He said... He's picked up some hobbies. He's learned all the new TikTok dances. He's taken up knitting. He's learned how to master bringing people back from the dead. He went and visited a uh, uh, a reptile. Um, he's infiltrated the lair of the reptile people. And he's like, I see you. And there's a little eye that grows on his forehead. And then Ramblin' Rabbit shows up. And he's like, bro, Bray, what about when you were sitting in the corner crying because you lost to Braun Strowman? And he goes, Yeah. Yeah, thanks for thanks for reminding me. Thanks for bringing that up. And just as he's about to get into it, Braun Strowman's music hits, and Braun marches down to the ring and starts addressing Bray on the Titantron. Tells Bray to give it up, let it go. It's over. He lost. Don't even bother. And Bray said, "No, it's not over. Actually, it's just beginning." And I wasn't joking about learning how to bring people back from the dead. And then we get a bunch of little cuts from the old Wyatt family with Eric Rowan, Bray Wyatt, oh, and Braun Strowman. And oh, then we've shit. got old school uh, fucking Swamp Bray Wyatt in the shirt and the fedora. And he's back and he says to end their feud, they need to go back to where it began. And I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I love that Bray Wyatt. I'm just hoping. Right. I want to know where the fiend is. And I'm hoping we're not resurrecting this Bray Wyatt and getting rid of the Firefly Funhouse and the Fiend. I hope this is just another kind of Matt Hardy-esque 
personality they're adding to yeah, his repertoire yeah, yeah. to use, and we're not canceling out everything we've built to bring back the old Bray Wyatt. No, no, definitely not. It it just it makes sense with the story, especially with their history with history with Braun, which I feel like it's an interesting angle to take. Uh, you know. I don't, I, I don't know where where this one's gonna go. To be honest with you, if they do what you're you're implying and they just delete the fiend, see delete. You said Matt Hardy. I brought it back with the delete. You, you see, I'll you lose see, my shit. You see what we do, do here? Mm-hmm. No, I'll lose my shit if they do that. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm. I'll be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of Braun. Sorry. No, I'm not. I mean. Listen, RN over on the Smack, uh, the Smack Draw podcast, he talks shit about Braun all the time and the stupid freight train thing. And he can't, I think <laughs> they definitely blew their chance with Braun. They had a chance with Braun uh, a couple years ago. Listen, where he was, he Braun should have Strowman pulled the trigger and they just, didn't. Braun Strowman is a younger big show. That's, that's his future right there. He's just oh. going to be another big show with less charisma. So. Smackdown, spit, swallow. Smackdown, Smackdown. I don't even. You know what? I don't even. I don't even put that in. Okay, so you're not even fucking. That one was just. That one was just a limb dig for me, not for me. Okay, I'm. uh, I'm gargling undecidedly just because. I'm curious as to what they're going to do with Bray Wyatt. That that actually really piqued my interest there at the end. So I just I just feel like nothing happened. Like I don't feel like I I really missed anything much. You know what I mean? No, you really didn't. Uh, like I said, I mean, other than Matt Riddle's debut, like there wasn't a whole lot there. Absolutely uh, not. It was like ten minutes. It was like five minutes of missionary, bro. Like basic blend. <laughs> Am I going to get this? We're on Pornhub. We're on Pornhub. Come on. No, yeah. That's all we did last week was make sex references. That's all I really do. I, I, I have to go in and clarify sometimes on Twitter when I respond to somebody's tweet that I'm not making a sexual innuendo because I make so many. <laughs> um, over on NXT, we kick it off with the tag team title match. It's Brizongo versus Imperium. And Brizongo. Fucking Brizongo, bro. That hip-hop Imperium parody, dude. <laughs> Dude, fucking I'm perfect. I'm putting that in my WWE theme songs. The fuck to Mega Mix, like I loved it. Um, fucking perfect, bro. Brizongo loses. Obviously, Imperium retains the titles. We also got into Sheer down there with Malcolm Bivens. Um, ringside, Malcolm Bivens is kind of keeping his team back from really getting involved, telling him to you know chill out, don't go after him. We're not there yet. Um, no, I would, dude. It was a great match. I like this yeah. Brizongo. We're we're gonna be fun in our entrances and serious in the ring. Imperium, those two guys are great. Indashir is gonna be hopefully that next, you know, AOP Viking yeah. Raiders yeah. tag team in NXT. Yeah. If they, hopefully they use them right. I'm all for it. Don't big athletic men like that that come out of NXT perfect in like a fucking ladder match or let's say they do another all these crazy tag matches that they can do. It'd be perfect. I haven't seen too much of what they can do. They seem athletic for big guys. Um, so it's definitely interesting. And, you know, 
I don't know if you know too much about Malcolm Bivens, but dude's fucking hilarious, bro. So I've seen some I, of the I stuff that like he's it, done with Mia Yim and Keith Lee, um, like on social media and shit like that. Yeah. But I didn't see any dude of his independent fucking funny. Work. Just as <laughs> I gotta find this this fucking feud with Orange Cassidy, and I gotta pass that one to you, bro. It's fucking. Oh yeah, shoot that my DMs. I would shoot that load all over your DMs, definitely. <laughs> so the next but speaking of, of load, in this shooting the load, in, in this match at the end of this one, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't this where like a whole bunch of tag teams came out? Or it was just um I think it was just in the sheer Brizango and Imperium. I could have sworn there was another team. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Continue. If there was, I missed it and I was a little distracted at the beginning of NXT. Um so if I did, I apologize. How are you going to be a whole ass wrestling podcast? You're being distracted watching wrestling. Listen, I, I will explain that to you off air. That is not something I can put out on air, but I'll, <laughs> I'll explain it to you when we when we stop recording. Uh, the next segment's interesting though because especially today, we're finding out what's next for Velveteen Dream, and Velveteen Dream had some more um, allegations against him come to light today so we may Again? really yes um there uh, there were a couple more people that came out of the woodwork talking about velveteen dream uh kind of cooperating the original claim so who knows what is next for velveteen dream dexter loomis is in velveteen dream's room he drew a picture of the two of them as nxt champions and slides it onto the couch next to velveteen dream trying to remain mm-hmm. unseen dream picks it up and he's like yeah you know what that's not going to happen you know, I was there because Dexter was convenient, but the dream works alone. I've loved Dexter Loomis. Like I said, I don't know what we're going to get from Velveteen Dream, especially with these new allegations, if, you know, they're real or not, or what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. I just hope that Dexter doesn't suffer if they do decide to remove Dream. Oh, no, 100%. I think he'll be fine, dude. I mean, Loomis came straight out of Reno 911. Loomis looks oh. like Orange Cassidy on steroids. Oh my god, that is fantastic! Because now, bro, uh, if you take a close up of Loomis, tell me that's not a young Stone Cold. I'd have, I'd have to, I'd have to look at that with the blonde hair. I'd have to look at that. I can bro. see that. Listen, I'm not saying all white people look like. I'm just saying. He looks like Stone Cold. Well, if you did say all we white people look alike, then you'd be doing what Travis does every other week. So it's nothing. <laughs> it's podcast. Fucking, bro. You know what? I'm not going to cancel myself. I'm just gonna, okay. Let's let's continue. Let's continue. Um, we got well. To be fair, I don't think I look anything like Dexter Loomis. So there's that. I mean, I couldn't put differentiate between you guys in a lineup, but you know. <laughs> Oh, we got Damian Priest out here. He defeats Killian Dane. Uh, Dane is back. Um, and then Robert Stone's out there as Dane's making his entrance, and he punches Robert Stone through the sneeze guard, knocks him on his ass. Glad to see Killian Dane back. Not sure what they're doing with Damian Priest. It looks like we might be moving into a feud with him and Cameron Grimes. How are you feeling about uh, the push that they've been giving Damian Priest? I mean, just for the voice alone, I fucking love it. His fucking voice, bro. Like, oh, 
fucking Mitch amazing. Mount? Dude, fucking like, you know. Never mind. Listen. You melt in his <laughs> mouth and his hand. I got you. I'm with you. Everywhere, man. Like that dude. Like I, I fucking love Damian Priest, man. I, I fucking think it's it. You know, he can't yeah, sure he didn't win with Balor, but he came out looking fucking amazing out of that match. And and Killian Dane is kind of um, much like the hairs of his on his back haven't been pretty much going anywhere. Uh, he's just been <laughs> you know spinning his wheels. Like I feel like he. Loki, he might need to be in another in another group. I don't think him being solo has been working out. They really fuck sanity up, man. They really fucked that up. I'm, once once you had the Miz just run through all three of them, once you had the Miz beat all three of them, it was done. That, yep. that shit was a wrap. They killed it. We got a promo from uh, Santos Escobar. Um, he comes out to tell us that he is here to rewrite the history of Lucha Libre. And that he is going to, he is a leader of leaders. So he's going to turn Joaquin Wilde and um, Raul Mendoza into leaders themselves. Are you not a fan of Santos Escobar and what they're doing with him? I fucking love him, but the fucking name, bro. Oh, like, no, it's racist Oh, shit. We, were, we were watching Narcos. Huh. Narcos <laughs> is cool. Pablo Escobar? Fucking, who did we, we used to have? Um, oh, El Santo, El Santo, Santos Escobar. Come on, bro. Could have done so much better with the name, but okay, you didn't watch Lucha Underground. Dude is fucking amazing. He could do. He's fucking one of the best out there with with the best of them, bro. But like, I don't know where they're going with this, bro. Because at first they were doing like this narco shit, but it's kind of like fucking. He's trying to do the Dark Order shit. I don't. I don't know where they're going with it. I'm. You may, I'm biased as fuck. I'm never gonna root against my own people. So, um, Vince says the same I, shit I'm gonna, all the time. <laughs> you can't, you just can't. Um, I hear so you. I'm, I'm, I want to see where this goes because Raul Mendoza is another one who's been fucking amazing too, but really hasn't done shit but lose. So, this little heel, tur- heel turn, I want to see where this goes. I, I really do want to see where this goes because Joaquin Wild, too, another young prospect, kind of early for his, for his turn, but he wasn't really doing shit. Um, on his own. So I really want to see where this goes. I hope they don't just make it another like trio group that they just drive to like Keith Lee or somebody. Like I want I really want them to get some some substance with this with this run. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I want them to do something with them and kind of make something out of them. Exactly. You can't just sign a, a great talent like that. It's like like what they they're they're doing with Koshida, like Fucking amazing wrestler, and you just just sitting on the sidelines, I, not doing shit. Yeah, uh, I I heard a lot about Kushida coming in, and I really thought he was going to win that cruiserweight tournament. I really did. Um, yeah, but then they get, because of fucking Drake Maverick girl over here was crying like a little bitch. They got to give it to him. Yeah. Listen, so I'm got- not a Drake Maverick fan or the fucking sob story. I'm not buying it. You think it was all work, the whole thing? It was all fucking absolute. I think, I, I think it wasn't a work, but the dude started with the waterworks and the crying shit that he, he would, if they would have proceeded with firing him, they would have looked so fucking bad. So he didn't really give them a choice. But then they milked the shit out of that fucking little thing. Now that's going to be his whole fucking thing going moving forward with nxt like i just i don't give a fuck bro at least this thing isn't the guy who peed his pants on raw anymore so 
<laughs> I forgot about that. With the fucking water, but you, you can legit see the water ball and shit. That shit was so fucking whack. Well, speaking of that, our next segment, we got Zia Lee losing to Aaliyah. Aaliyah runs and picks up Robert Stone and drags him down to the ring so she can he can watch her ringside. I've made a lot of jokes about how Robert Stone appears to be a porn director. And he did that whole thing with <laughs> Chelsea Green where it looked like they were shooting a trailer for a porno poolside. And now that Chelsea Green left, he's just he's down and out because he doesn't have his next porn starlet. Robert Stone pukes in the ring. This gives Zia Lee the distra- or um, Aaliyah the distraction uh, to roll up and get the pin on Zia Lee and get that win. They've got him falling off the apron, stumbling, just... I love how they have the social distancing and the fake test that they do for COVID. And they have this guy come out here and spit on everybody. Yeah. Alleged fake tests. Everything's alleged. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. I'm not trying to get your podcast canceled. My bad, my bad. Um, I'm a huge fucking Xylee Mark. I'll die in that fucking hill. Uh, I don't, do not think she needs to be losing to no fucking Aaliyah. To no fucking racist ass Aaliyah. I'm just saying. Um, racist ass Aaliyah. She had. Oh, you don't know? No. Bruh, she had some pictures. She had her. her I guess it was, she was doing the indies, whatever, where she had her. Some black dude basically like with the little chain around his neck. And she's walking around with him and she's on his shoulders. And then the captains with the N word this and N word that. I did not know that. No? No. Oh, shit. Allegedly, allegedly. Wow. I thought this was like common knowledge. It might have been. Like I said, I don't pay attention to much outside of my bubble. Like I didn't watch Lucha Underground, NJPW. I don't know a lot about these people coming off the indies. So this I was, had this heard was of like that. it comes up like every few years. Somebody will bring it back up. Um and they just shoot it down and pretend it doesn't exist. Interesting. Huh. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, this kind of this this kind of took a turn on this pocket. <laughs> it did, but uh, we also followed that up with Thatch's Thatch Can Training. We got Timothy Thatcher and his meth mouth uh, stretching guys. Meth mouth. Have you seen the guys, bro? His his teeth are fucked up. Yeah, straight fucked up. Uh, he's he's stretching guys. I, I, I'm curious to see where this goes. Uh, it, it, it's good for him. It makes him look like, you know, a legit straight-up shooter, badass. Oh, I love that That's that erotic little promo he did over there with the stretching the guys and everything. <laughs> that was amazing. And then we get to the comedy. Roderick Strong, uh, they're taking him to therapy to meet a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> that Kyle accent. Kyle O'Reilly playing the psychologist. They got him looking at ink blots. He gets to an ink blot. He's like, oh, flip it over. Oh, my God, it's the trunk of the car. They try and get him in the trunk of the car. He runs away. Scared as shit. Dexter Loomis is giving this guy PTSD. He's all sorts of fucked up. It was good shit. I, I, I'm not huge on some of the skits and weird shit they've done with uh undisputed era but mm-hmm. i enjoyed this i enjoyed this it's it's those little things like 
doing different things than the normal that keeps keeps the shit fresh. That's what I was going back to with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Like, Undisputed Era, will they'll take a chance and they'll do some goofy shit like this way out of their normal character every now and then, you know. Um, it, it, it keeps the shit fresh. Like, look how long they've been together and they haven't broken them up. Like, yeah. that doesn't... That doesn't happen. Aside from the New Day and, like, Usos, like, that shit don't happen often, man. Like, they basically, they basically run the fucking show, dude. Like, they're the fucking workhorses of this shit. Um, and for them to take a chance like that, especially with, for whatever reason, WWE and comedy, they, they overcomplicate it and they don't, they don't know how to do it sometimes. Yeah. Um, or they'll run a joke into the ground until it's just, they'll just, like, they'll repeat the same punchline over and over again and over again until it's not funny anymore. Um, so I, I think it was cool. I don't want to see them do this on a weekly basis. Like I, they've been doing it with the, you know, with the whole PTSD, but I feel like it has, it should reach its limit. Like you don't want to start to turn them into like a joke. Cause that deviates too much from what they, what they were originally. You know what I mean? Yep. And what's nice. Yeah. Is you know they... exactly what I mean. Exactly. So that's what I was saying. Like, Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, what's nice is they can do that and then they can skirt over to what they did with Adam Cole where they're asking yes. about Scarlett and the message mm-hmm. and he says he's not scared. Then Keith Lee comes in and lets Cole know, hey, I'm the North American champion. I'm next in line and smashes the hourglass. Cole's cutting a promo in the ring about how Karrion Cross isn't here long enough to get a title shot. Says Keith Lee might want his title, but he wants Keith Lee's too. He brings up champ versus champ match. Then we got Keith Lee coming down. Johnny Gargano comes down during the face-to-face, and he says he's not done with Keith Lee. He pinned Keith Lee last week. He wants that North American title, and he wouldn't mind the NXT title too. And then Finn Balor comes out, and he's like, hey, everyone kind of fucking forgot about me, but I'm the man who built NXT. I'm the guy who got it to where it is, and I'll take both the titles myself. So we find out next week, and it's going to be a banger of a fucking match. Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. The North American title. The winner then goes on to take on Adam Cole in a champion versus champion match. Winner take all. They're going to go head to head with Fighter Fest on July 8th with that match. Um, dude, I'm stoked. Oh, good point. Good point. Who who, who you see going up against Adam Cole? Uh, Adam Cole's been champ for so long. Honestly, I want it to be Keith Lee, and I want Keith Lee to yeah. get both those belts. Like, Keith Lee's yeah. my guy. I love Keith Lee. He's my favorite thing down in NXT right now. I'm, I'm all 100%. about 100%. So. 100%. Plus, he's the only – I mean, Finn's kind of in between, but Johnny's a heel. Mm-hmm. Keith Lee's the only full-on baby face in this scenario to take on the heel Adam Cole. So, I mean, I guess if you go by that. But, I mean, they could easily – you know, just push Finn Balor in that direction and have Finn Balor. It wouldn't surprise me if they have Finn Balor win everything. Yeah, he's going back and forth. Uh, so I could see that. I'm I'm still holding out. I'm hoping they're just going to hold out on Finn Balor till we can get uh, NXT UK back and he can take on Walter because I was really stoked for Finn Balor. Bro, that fucking match would have fucking killed. So uh, then we got some. We got Caden Carter losing to Dakota Kai. Um, continuing this thing with her and Casey Catanzaro as they kind of become a team. Scarlett and Cross, uh, Karen Cross show up and they find the broken hourglass. 
Leon Rush or Leon Ruff, I'm sorry, gets see Leon Ruff, Leo Rush, you're just fucking with me. Um, well, what's what's up with that, huh? You you got uh, thinking what that their names sound exactly alike? Oh, right, 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 yeah. right, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, he gets sacrificed <laughs> to Bronson Reed, and then Bronson Reed calls out Karrion Cross, says he wants Cross next week because he's not happy about the way he got disrespected. Uh, Damian Priest's car had its tires slashed, and this is what, like I was talking about earlier. You see um, Cameron Grimes drive by, and he goes, let me call you an Uber as he takes off. Uh, so I think we're moving towards a Damian Priest-Cameron Grimes feud, which I'm okay with. Um, any thoughts on Priest? <sighs> I feel like I mean, you were implying something about me mistaking Leon Ruff for Leo Rush there, maybe. Oh no! I mean, the names are clearly the sound the same. I wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Sir, sir, what? what? I'm just checking. I'm just checking. These accusations. <laughs> please, sir. Please listen, man. Uh, this thing with Trevor Lee. I don't know. Maybe I haven't been paying attention, but. I don't know where it happened where he just suddenly started being super country and, and his accent all of a sudden just like changed on me. Like what? When yeah. did that happen? Uh, right around the time he started talking shit about Finn Balor, I think is when they really leaned into it. <laughs> this is heavy. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with Trevor Lee. I, I don't see so, like, if you have Trevor Lee against Damian Priest, who's who's the uh, babyface here? Who's the, the good guy, so to speak? Well, it looks like they're kind of turning Priest that way. They did that interview with him where he said, you know, he wanted his name to live in infamy, and after his match with Finn Balor, he thinks it's going to. And then he caught Cameron mm-hmm. Grimes running in his mouth, and he punched him in the mouth. So it seems like Priest is the one they're turning to be the babyface. Okay. That's interesting. That's kind of weird. Yeah. All right. I mean, I guess I could see it. We also had, and I think I, I mixed the two segments up, but we had Santos Escobar come out and give us a history lesson of Lucha Libre. Drake Maverick marches down to the ring again with all of the white privilege, just interrupting <sighs> these guys because he thinks he can. He gets dropped. He gets a phantom driver through a table, taken out. He wants the title shot. I'm down for letting him get squashed by uh, Escobar again. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, uh, listen, I, like I said, I'm not the biggest Drake Maverick fan. So, like, him coming out here all of a sudden just interrupting people's promos? Like, sir, the fucking, like, no, take your back seat, boy. Like, you, you barely won. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. They're really hoping that people le- lean on to this you know, underdog story and, you know, he got signed because because the people were rooting for him and, uh, bro. They did get behind him. He, he did do it, but no, I, I mean, I think I have a feeling that Drake Maverick is going to fall back into the same role he was in before this tournament very quickly. Yeah. Well, yeah, like this, this whole thing where people get behind him, this should only last for so long. Eventually it starts to wear out. And then, you know, you just go back to what you've been doing. You know, like, I don't know, man. I Props to him for 
for doing what he had to do to keep his job, especially during this time, props for that. But, I mean, I, I don't know where that's going. I feel like it's just going to end with him, you know, thrown into some car and then th- thrown in a ditch somewhere afterwards, you know? Allegedly. Allegedly. I, I don't know where that's going to end either, but I know how NXT ended. It, had, it ended with Knox, Tegan Knox, and Shotzi Blackheart losing to Bailey and Sasha oh, in a oh, banger of a tag team match. I, I love Shotzi Blackheart. I'm all about it. This was a good match. Like, I... I really I enjoyed Knox and Shotzi together. They were mm-hmm. kind of finding their groove as a tag team. Mm-hmm. I, I'll take Shotzi all day, any day. I, I always said if Shotzi is not on the show, I'm spitting she was on the show so I can swallow this week. And then EO comes out at the end and really plants her NXT flag. She takes out Bailey and Sasha, attacks them both, sends them running because this is her show, this is NXT, and she's the women's champion here. They need to get the fuck out. Fucking love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So are you but, spe- and Oh, go ahead. To like to Bailey and Sasha's credit, like this is what they wanted with the from the beginning with these tag team belts to defend yep. it on every brand and and we just that was just a little glimpse of it. They you know, they had a match on on the other show and then on NXT. That was just a glimpse of it and that's what they wanted all along and in this show like this shit was amazing. That match 100% deserved to be the main event. That Loki, it kind of it kind of made me want to see a match between Blackheart and Sasha. Yeah. I know Tegan gets a lot of shit for doing the choke slam because it's it's traditionally a move for uh taller wrestlers and people don't think that her doing the choke slam is believable and she did choke slam uh Sasha to the outside here. Are you for or against Tegan doing the choke slam? I'm always for people doing what they want to do. I just think the way she's doing it, it doesn't it's not the best way for how her how she's built. I think she's got it. She want I love I get I love that she loves Kane. I love that she wants to do that move. I just feel like as a fan, just looking at it aesthetically, I mean obviously I'm not a wrestler, but like just looking at it, I would love to see her put her own spin on the choke slam. Like something you, that works more for her. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're shorter than most people, you can't just lift somebody and, and it's not gonna work. It looks like when um when Marco Stunt jokingly does it, that's kind of what it looks like. Like you have to do it according to how how you're built, you know. I feel like she should if she wants to pay respect, it's cool enough, but she should innovate, make it a little bit more more of a Tegan Knox choke slam versus I'm just doing a cane choke slam. You know what I mean? No, I'm with you 100% on that. Um, You've been with me 100% of this show, and I fucking love it. I try. I try real hard. Um, I mean, not 100%. I did talk shit about Kenny Omega and Nick Jackson. You weren't happy about that. We're just going to, you know, by... We'll erase that. Uh, Where you at on NXT? Spit or swallow? This is uh, swallow, spit up into the air, and then swallow it again. Yeah, I feel that, man. Like I said, I love me some Shotzi. I got Keith Lee on the show. It, it was a damn good show. I'm, I'm all about it. I'm swallowing, too. In your now, opinion. When you was... watch these shows, do you do you do what a lot of people do and compare it right away to the AEW show? So I watch NXT live, and I watch AEW taped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not doing a direct comparison because I'm taking notes for the show. So I'm kind of right. watching them 
separately. I'm watching to enjoy NXT, and then I'm watching to enjoy AEW, and I'm taking notes and paying very close attention to what I don't like in both shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm not comparing them directly match for match, segment for segment, side by side. Now, let me me, me, uh, pick your little brain here for a second. So you said... You mentioned, sir, that you watch the shows, you take notes. Obviously, you're a very due diligent uh, podcaster. Thank you. You're very uh, prepared, very studied, which is great. Uh, do you feel that that has changed your uh, perception about when you watch these shows? Are you watching to enjoy or you feel like you're watching and the notes because of the podcast? Does, did that change your the way you view these shows? For me, it doesn't. Um, We actually had a third member of our podcasting team, Eric, when we first started three years ago, and he actually Mm -hmm. stopped because he said he felt like preparing to do the podcast made watching wrestling like work for him. Right. Um, Okay. When I take my notes, I kind of write my notes down the same way that I would live tweet and talk about the show as I watch it. Right. Okay. So So you just bullshit throughout the whole thing. Yeah, basically. I'm just, everything in my notes is kind of like, okay, this was the match, and then what is something that I saw in the match that really stood out to me or, you know, something that I tweet about or talk about, like the Sonya Deville thing where I talk about the Aleister Black suit. I put that on mm-hmm. Twitter, and then I talk about it here because it was in my notes. Like, that's, that's kind of how I, I prepare. So it really hasn't changed it for me um, unless, like, something happens that I feel the pressure to where something – I've got to cram the shows in and watch them just to get ready for tonight because something happened. I couldn't watch them when I wanted to. You know what I'm saying? I understand. It. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. And you know what? It shows throughout your podcast. Like, you're very, very well-spoken. And it's like, you know, like, that's, that's great. Uh, obviously, you're not the better half of the show. But, you know, everyone has things to work on. That's, that's, I, you I haven't even that. listened to the podcast and you're giving <laughs> Travis credit over here? <laughs> No, I have, sir, sir, please. I have listened to the podcast. Come okay. on, you think you think I'm gonna miss an episode with the Get Your Podcast? Come on. I I was just saying, man. Like you came on here, you acted like you had no idea what we did, and you you got me. You played me. I, I thought it's part of my stick, man. Just have you ever heard the phrase "play along"? <laughs> unprepared. Well, you're not gonna want to miss next week, guys, because next amateur week, hour over here, Saturday. Uh, I will be recording with Giselle from the Deadass Girls podcast. So, yes, bro, bro, Deadass Girls, bro. Let me let me just say this: I fucking love the Deadass Girls podcast, bro. They are fucking, they're fucking amazing. And yeah, you know what? It's a fucking travesty that they don't have a bigger following that they do. They deserve so much more followers, bro. They're fucking hilarious. I'll fucking die on that grave, like they. That they're so ain't nobody doing what the fuck they do, bro. Oh, and not, like no way, not even fucking close, bro. Like just just from the fucking intros alone, like, like talking about pegging Satan and shit, like bro, like it's just like they deserve so much more appreciation than the, that they get. Like I'm not trying to like super like big up them, but yeah, fucking big up them. I'm fucking hype for them, and I, I'll fucking die on that hill. Well, you're definitely not going to want to miss next week because I think uh, me and Giselle are going to have a blast and put on a hell of a show. Like you said, they always do. That shit is going to blow this fucking episode out of the fucking water. (laughs) Like, it's not even going to be close. Like, that next episode, the fucking viewers are just going to fucking skyrocket, dude. She's I'll give you credit, Benji, man. You came on here. You killed it. I had a blast doing this with you. Um, 
We do have to Wait, wrap it up though. We got to wrap it up. We're we're. I normally go about an hour and a half. We're pushing two hours. So I'm gonna have two you tell hours, everyone, bro. I gotta work in the morning. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, we've we've been doing this for about two hours. So tell everyone where they can find you uh, if you want them to. Listen, of course, I, I think I'm not gonna come on a podcast and plug myself. I mean, bro, fucking amateur hour over here. Shit. Listen, uh, my podcast, my own little podcast, is in the hiatus status only because I gotta get a few uh, interviews cleared. Once those get cleared, then I can start putting out my episodes or whatever so that's on the back burner for now only just because of some technical legalities whatever um other than that you can always catch me on fucking uh twitter at benji calavera right now obviously due to this pandemic i, I you know ain't at no calavera shows. comedy right no i had changed it because okay. too many people had an issue uh fucking pronouncing it so i thought fuck it benji calavera let's just go with that okay much easier which rolls off the tongue better. And it doesn't like pigeonhole, whatever. It's a whole fucking thing. Point is, uh, I, I was doing stand-up comedy before this fucking pandemic hit. So I don't have any like shows or anything to plug. Um, I will eventually have content and shit whenever the fuck I get to it. Because, you know, it's just, it's a whole fucking thing. But um, for now, you can always find me at Twitter, fucking Instagram. Um, if you're still looking around the back pages, you can find me there too. Uh, eventually, you'll be able to find me here on Pornhub. Just, you know, not do your damn podcasting. thing. No, not me. You know, just doing other things. Um, yard work, uh, apparently. Uh, a lot of yard work. Uh, pizza deliveries, uh, plumbing. What else could I do on here? Um, you got an OnlyFans? Could, you know what? OnlyFans. You can catch me on OnlyFans. I could be your mom's favorite step- stepson on here. There you go. And you guys know you guys can always find us, uh, me, at Matt Ritter, that is at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R, on Twitter. Also, our Linktree, Linktree slash Creation World will give you the video options where you guys can find the Patreon, you guys can find the merchandise, you guys can find us on Pornhub and YouTube there, and I believe it's got the link to the Facebook groups. And Linktree slash Smacking It Raw has all your audio links to get us on Spotify, iTunes, so on and so forth. So check those out. They are pinned in my tweet on my profile. What's up, man? Real quick, shout out to Tony Todd, the OG Candyman, for giving me a follow today. So fucking unexpected. Oh, that's dope as shit. Shout out to the man. Hell yeah. And also, guys, as always, check out our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash smacking a raw. And please go check out the other creation world affiliated groups. You got the Facebook page, Facebook slash creation world and the super flash year of tomorrow podcast, where we cover all the CW superhero shows that I've been filling in for Travis. I think this week is going to be my last week. Travis should be back. You guys can check that out at facebook.com slash groups slash super flash year of tomorrow and super flash year of tomorrow is available everywhere. You guys can find the smacking a raw podcast. So please go check those out. You got anything else, man? Oh, yeah, sure. Now that you're plugging shit, um, definitely go check out the Smack and Raw pod. Um, I, I joked about not listening. I, obviously, I'm an avid listener. I've been listening since episode one from two, two, three years ago. Three, three years ago, I've been an avid listener, you know. Um, this, it's nice to see that you guys have grown since at your first episode like five years ago like i really appreciate like i really you know 
it's 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 heartwarming to know that you you know you guys started off with like five members and you went to three now you're down to two which is which is cool you know now you're down to one but the other one's coming back that's cool uh travis travis will be back you know i think i don't know This guy thinks I'm gonna come onto his podcast and not listen to an episode the night before, like for five minutes, <laughs> you know. Um, but like, definitely shout out to you, like, shout out to y'all, y'all, fucking hilarious, uh, especially on on Twitter and your in your episodes, like y'all have me fucking like legit, 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 have me fucking rolling over here, like, I I didn't think, and I I want to think. I want to thank everybody for giving me this opportunity to debut on Pornhub. Like, I didn't know so long ago, a young little boy growing up in the world, going to school, getting my studies, that one day I'd find myself on Pornhub. This this has been such an enlightening moment. And I feel like the only way to end this would be to tell you, smacking it raw, that I will definitely, this smacking it raw, it's something that I will always swallow 100% of the time. Well, we really do appreciate that. And I'm, I'm so glad you came on, man. I do appreciate the love you guys have shown me on Twitter and coming out to help me and support this podcast. So for Benji Cavalera, I am your host, the warden, Matt Ritter. And today we are smacking it raw and we are the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. <laughs>